We start a series today entitled Tweet That Mess, as we've already said. Now, what in the world is this all about? Well, first of all, you need to understand something about Twitter. How many of you understand Twitter? How many of you tweet? One. Awesome. This may be the worst series in our history in 1910. I am so embarrassed right now. Tim, this was a bad idea. <laughs> Our media team's going all epic flop. That's okay. Twitter was launched in July of 2006. And, and, and what it's all about is this. Twitter is, is something on your smartphone or, or on the internet, the World Wide Web. And it's something that allows users to send out messages to people that are looking or following them. That they can send out what they call tweets that are 140 characters or, or shorter, okay? So if you want to put 135, you know, emoticons or emojis or whatever you want to do in five words, you can. You get 100 or five characters other than that, one word, I guess. You get 140 characters, and basically what you do is you just kind of send out to people, all, over, all your friends, the friends you have in India that are watching, life, where you're at, you're, you're, maybe you heard something epic that your pastor shared on a Sunday morning, and you just tweet that mess. You let them know what's going on in your world, in your life, right where you're at. They tell us that there are some 500 million users today on Twitter. In fact, somebody's blowing up my phone right now. Tweet that mess starts today. Ange Brown Bernie, you can follow her. And thank you, honey. Thank you. You look great in that red shirt. Thank you, honey. Appreciate that. But you just let people know what's going on in the moment. Now, we've had some very tweetable moments here at 1910. Some of our favorite tweets that, that we have said on this platform or that we've heard around here are some like this. Jesus is better than a donut, right? Would you not agree with that? Jesus is gluten-free, right? He's for everybody. By the way, so is Snapple. Snapple is gluten-free. Love it. Ten calories in a bottle of Diet Snapple. It's amazing. Oh, this was a good tweet. This was a good one. Maybe you missed this one. I said this. You can memorize the words to Red Solo Cup. Don't tell me you can't memorize Scripture. That's good. That's, that's good tweet. Oh, here's another one. The more it rains in your life, the greener you get spiritually. That's good, isn't it? So here's what we're going to do. Today, we set out on a journey entitled Tweet That Mess because here's the deal. We believe that Jesus is tweet worthy, right? In fact, somebody, I found a couple of things just, just yesterday. Some people said this that I just thought I'd pass this on to you guys. Francis Ann Donovan, a first-generation Irish, Irish Catholic said this, love many, trust few, always paddle your own canoe. It's good. The great Annie Walther, former PE teacher at Curington Elementary, said this, you're always in one of three places. You're walking into the wilderness, you're walking into or through the wilderness, or you're walking out of the wilderness. It's good. Tweet worthy, tweet worthy, tweet worthy. We believe that Jesus said some powerful things during his life and ministry here on earth. 
And so what we're going to do over the next few weeks, if there's anyone in history that, that said things that, that ought to be broadcast, if there's anyone that ever said things or taught things or, or just was, was tweet-worthy, it was Jesus himself. So that's why we get some of the famous sayings of Jesus. We're going to unpack them. We're going to tweet about them so that others might be challenged so that others might have an opportunity to be changed, just as those who were present with him when he spoke them live. Others that read these famous tweets might have an opportunity to see a difference that Jesus can make in their lives. So you have permission to pull out your phone or your iPad or your PC, whatever you brought with you today, and just you can capture these things. And if there's anything that you see on the screen that is tweet-worthy, get it out there. Get it out there. Now, why don't we start today in Mark chapter 2. There, there, there's a passage here that Jesus used in Mark chapter 2. In fact, if I have a title of today's sermon, it would, it would be entitled this. Sick people don't need a doctor. Excuse me. Sick people need a doctor. Sick people need a doctor. Mark chapter 2, Jesus says these famous words beginning in verse 13. Oh, you laugh. Verse 13, Mark chapter 2, Jesus went out to the lake shore again and he taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Levi got up and he followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of the religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Aren't you grateful that we worship a Savior today that eats with scum? That he eats with people of such irreputable reputations. Or ear, just what did it say there? I can't even remember now. Disreputable sinners. I love that. Evidently, Jesus hung out with a bad crowd, didn't he? Sinners and prostitutes. He hung out with drunkards, troublemakers. We find him hanging out with trashy types, low class, no count losers. Jesus wasn't a front runner. He didn't gravitate to the country club crowd or or to the folks with money or with lots of letters after their name. Not that Jesus was, was a reverse snob, but he welcomed anyone who welcomed him. Jesus welcomes people who welcome him. So he had time to talk, yes, to the rich young ruler who, who went away sorrowful, but Jesus loved him anyway. Jesus had time to, 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 to say that, that he was a friend of sinners because he hung out with people that others shunned in the society 
of his time. To say that he was a friend of sinners means that that he wasn't embarrassed by anyone that needed a doctor. He wasn't embarrassed by anyone by what they had done. His friends or his range of friends ranged from people like Nicodemus in John chapter 3 all the way to the woman who washed his feet with her tears. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? Now, there are many ways to answer that question that the Pharisees threw at Jesus this day in Mark chapter 2. I believe that he eats with such scum because he loves them. I believe that Jesus eats with such scum because they know that he cares for them. Maybe because he knew that they weren't really scum, that they were people created in his image. And and maybe this is the very deepest reason of all that Jesus eats with such scum. Because the professional religionist wanted nothing to do with him. Listen, prostitutes and tax collectors got along just fine with Jesus because he knew what they were and he loved them anyway. He knew what they were, but yet he loved them. He enjoyed their company. He, he laughed with them. He, he listened to them and he made himself available to them. Now, as for the religious types of his day, that they viewed Jesus as a nuisance at best and, and as a threat at worst. Eventually, we know that they would conspire, the religion, religionists of the day would conspire to, to put him to death. In the meantime, they would treat him with low-grade hostility. That's why they peppered his disciples with questions, and, and they took everything up. Now listen, it's not that Jesus didn't love the Pharisees. It's not that Jesus didn't long to spend time with them. But it's that they didn't want to spend time with him. And so he spent time with people that welcomed him. It's easy for us maybe to point our fingers at that group of men and say, how could they be so off base? But I still see that being played out in our culture today. That there are people that think that they've reached a certain level or there are people that think they know it all or there are people that have have been to church enough or they've got degrees before and after their name and their wall is tattooed with diplomas and certificates and they just maybe feel like the Pharisees. I just don't have time. I don't need him. And please hear my heart today. Jesus is not going to force himself upon anyone, but he will come to those who welcome him. He will come and meet with those that desire to spend time with him. Is there something more that you could learn about Jesus today? Is there maybe a little bit more time that you could put into getting to know who he is and maybe know his heart a little bit better? You know, it's worth noting that every person that Jesus had conversations or contact with was in a different situation. But yet he dealt with each one differently. You see, this is because Jesus recognized that every man and every woman and every child is different. And and though they may have some of the the same problems and, and have some of the same basic needs, here's the great thing about Jesus. He recognized that there were unique things about 
people that needed ministry. And so in his encounters with with people, Jesus was like a doctor. He was like a physician. Remember that verse he said in, in verse 17? He said, it's healthy people don't need a doctor, but it is the sick people that do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You know, I think the hard thing about about being a doctor must be seeing people for the most part only when they are, are sick. I mean, doctors usually don't have, have their patients stop by and, and say things like, hey, doc, I, I'm feeling good and I just wanted you to know that. Hey, hey, you want to go grab lunch? Doctors don't get those types of calls. They don't get people just pop into their office to, to share that type of news. You, you, you don't usually call your doctor when you're feeling good, do you? You call when you're feeling sick, and your doctor will, will have you come to his or her office and, 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 and apply to the, the, the area of healing that, that you need to the area of, of pain. That's what doctors do. You see, there were people during the time of Christ, during the time of Jesus, who were sick with sin, just like there are people that are here amongst us today that are sick. And they're sick with the same sin problem. Yet so often, we're so offended by, by other people's sin that, that you know what we do? We, we, we kind of like the Pharisees sometimes. We, we, we kind of isolate ourselves from them. We, 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 not many of us, let's just be honest, not many of us run to people that are sick with sin. We, we, some of us may even walk away from or, or, or kind of divert our attention. Don't look over there because we get sucked in to a problem that a sick person amongst us has. We don't want to deal with that today. And just as there were people in the time of Christ who were sick and ill and needed a doctor. Hey, folks, listen, as great as the hill country is, and I believe we live in the best part of the state, make no mistake about it. There are sick people around us. There are people that are lost without a Savior and their eternity and their fate is sealed and it's not good right now. And they're sick. And they need something that we have. They need the touch from Jesus that many of us have received and they need to know that he's not turned off by them. Oh no, he's turned on by them. And they need him. And so often we're offended by other people's sin that we isolate ourselves from them. But this isn't something that Jesus modeled while he was here on earth. And that's not something why this, this church was created for sick people. <laughs> That'd be a great t-shirt. I'm sick. <laughs> this church was created for sick people. We, we, this place was planted nine years ago for those yet to be healed or those in need of a Savior. That's why we planted this work. Folks, listen, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I ought to be going out of our way to befriend those who are sick with sin. Now, does this mean engaging in their sin so that we can have an audience with them? Absolutely not. Does it mean condoning their sins so that they might listen to us? That is not what I'm saying at all. 
But what it does mean is that you and I should be willing to meet people where they are in their sin and introduce them to the one who can heal them. Jesus Christ, the great physician. That's what it's all about. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Is there someone in your life right now whose sin is so great that you're avoiding contact with them? Maybe it's the guy in your office who's cheating on his wife. Or maybe it's the lady next door to you who constantly yells at her kids. Listen, whoever it is, you and I should be willing to get out of our comfort zone to befriend those who aren't walking with Christ. That's what Jesus did. Read the Bible. That's what he did. And my prayer is that that would be something that we in this house would be willing to do each and every day. Listen, we just sang a song that says, shine your light forever and ever. Hey, listen, here's the deal. If you and I are ever going to stand out as light in dark places of society, we cannot negotiate with the world's terms and lifestyles. But at the same time, we must not completely separate ourselves from the world or forget the people who Jesus also cares about. Lost people. Folks, we cannot isolate ourselves we, we, we thought about building a high fence around these 30 acres and all of us just moving in and growing our own stuff and raising chickens. and drink. We thought about that. Not really. We didn't. Some of you are going, we've heard y'all are like a cult. We're not a cult. Regardless of what somebody posted about us on Facebook, that's the truth. We're not like that. Because we believe that God has planted his spirit within us to be a light for him. And where do you place lights? In dark places. That's why we here at 1910 will not be content just to isolate ourselves and hang out here in this. It's kind of a boring, it's gray room, folks. This is not attractive. Some of your man caves are better looking than this place. But we're here to receive a word from the Lord. We're here to allow his spirit to change us. And then we leave here ready to go and light up a dark world around us. Who's with me? You see, we never want to be like the Pharisees in Jesus' day who thought they achieved purity by segregating themselves. Their attitude was, stay away from wicked sinners. And when they really wanted to slander Jesus, they called him as we read here in Mark 2. They label him as a friend of sinners. But let me tell you, I think Jesus wore that label with honor. In fact, he replied, I I came not to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners. So the question is today, what do your actions say to the spiritually lost people who you encounter? Do, Do your actions say stay away? Or or, or do they say, hey, I'm your friend. Can can I just show you who Jesus is? Just just let me show you. Hey, church family, I want to urge you to make room in your life for lost people. I want to encourage you to invite your lost neighbors into your home. 
to see your home and to, to maybe share a meal with you. I, I want to encourage you to make friends with, with those lost people that, that you work with. Hey, listen, can you break out of your comfort zone and will you begin to share Jesus with those who the Lord brings across your path? Hey, we're, we're gonna be encouraging you just a heads up. Heads up, Pastor Kyle. I'm giving a heads up right here. We're gonna be encouraging you later on, or early on in fall. We're gonna be encouraging you, for some of you that are in groups, life groups, to start inviting some of your neighbors in your neighborhood to come into your group. What are you talking about, Jason? Don't you know we're a closed group? Don't you know we're holy? And we're, we're just, we're content with the, we like the people in our group. Don't, don't, don't ask us to invite, come on, what would Jesus do? That'd be a good t-shirt too, marketing campaign. <laughs> Why would we not invite people into our lives? Are, are you with me? If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can become like the Pharisees and say, you know what? We've got it figured out, and y'all don't. Good luck. <laughs> May it be said of each of us that we are friends of sinners. If there's anything that I would love to be known for at 1910 is that that church is welcoming of all people. Those who, who've been walking with Jesus for 50 years or for those that, that can't even spell Jesus. I, I want to be known as a church like that. Now listen, you, you need to know that, that, that we're, we, we are not going to condone and we're not going to let people continue to live in, in a lifestyle of sin or, or, or make decisions. In fact, we, we out of love will, will continue to preach the truth and say, this is God's perfect plan for your life. We will. And, and we take blows for that. We do. We, we, we take hits from that. That's okay. I'm all right with that. We're going to speak the truth. But, but, but I want this to always be a house where anyone is welcome. Are you with me, church? Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Listen, Jesus is a friend of sinners. He is opposed to the religious hypocrites. Jesus said that he came in Mark chapter 2 to call the sinners and he was rebuking the religious elitists, the Pharisees, because they said that Jesus was eating and drinking. He was associating with people that were considered scum. Jesus clearly said in our word today that it's the sick who are in need of healing. Those who think that they are already perfect don't believe they need forgiveness. They don't believe they need a Savior. How wrong they are. 1910 Church, our purpose is to find and restore the to find and restore the lost. I am so thankful that today this room is littered with people who have already made a decision for Jesus Christ, but make no mistake about it. There are still people around us 
in need of a Savior. May we never, ever shun them. Yes, may we point out and call out sin from a heart of love. But church, church, may we be like Jesus and come alongside of them and share his life-changing story with them so that they too may no longer be labeled sick, but healthy. Are you with me? Sick people need a doctor. Tweet that mess.